Welcome to Episode 2 of AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. My name is John S., and I'm your host. Today we will be speaking with my friend Kevin T., who recently helped start an AA group for agnostics, atheists, and freethinkers. Freethinkers in AA Kansas City. We hope you enjoy. Kevin, how you doing? Good. Good to be here today. And thank you for joining us. Um, why don't we start with you telling us a little bit about yourself? I'd, I'd be interested in knowing, you know, um, a little bit about your story, what brought you to AA, and then we'll just kind of go through the whole your whole experience in AA, which I know goes back quite a ways. But go ahead and start us off there. I guess I, out of uh, habit, I guess I need to say my name's Kevin P. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> um, you know, it was um, 1990, uh, spring of 1990, and um, I came out of a blackout uh, at the state mental institution uh, being admitted, not uh, remembering being taken there, was being admitted, being questioned about whether I was suicidal or homicidal, and uh, a little voice told me to say uh, that I was neither. And I managed to escape the uh, the state uh, mental asylum uh, by doing that, and returned home. Um, now I had uh, my last six months of drinking, probably my last year of drinking. I had been consuming upwards to approximately half gallon of vodka a day. So I was a low bottom drunk. Uh, my health uh, was failing. Kidneys were shutting down. Uh, I was yellow and jaundiced. I was very, very, very sick and very, very addicted to the drug alcohol. And you were young too, weren't you? Yes, I was. Uh, well, at that for for that time, uh, I was thirty-one years old, which was young for the program back then. So I just recently celebrated my twenty-fifth anniversary of continuous sobriety, which I'm very proud of, quite frankly. And um, it's been a wonderful journey. Uh, but what broke me, brought me to AA is, was ho- hopeless desperation. And I had that gift of desperation to where I was open to, um, to ideas in AA. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, um, I came in pretty young, too, and around the same time in 88. And um, I wasn't as badly physically addicted. And that's what really gets, strikes me about your story is that you, were, you, you, would, you would probably die if you continued drinking just physically from the drug. Whereas with me, it was more um, situational problems. I kept finding myself in jail and, 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 and in trouble frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that's, you know, I've seen people die from drinking um, because they're physically addicted. And I've seen people, you know, bounce out of their bed and have to be tied down. And, you know, anybody who has gone through that or seen that, I, I think would be hard pressed to say that this isn't a disease. I mean, this is this is something that's truly, um, you know, beyond our control when we're when we're trapped in it. No doubt. Absolutely. Um, I have a theory that alcoholics either implode or explode. When they explode, we see that on the metropolitan pages of the paper or the five o'clock news. Um, you know, when they implode, you don't hear a lot about it, but it's it's just as horrible a death. Um, I was um, having to drink every couple of three hours to keep from going into withdrawal. 
So I was literally at death's door yeah. when I showed up to AA. Yeah. And what, I, I mean, we've talked a lot since, since we've met, and it's been wonderful getting to know you, by the way. Um, and, and you've noticed, and I've noticed as well, that since we've been in AA um, here in Kansas City, that we've, we've noticed some change. Um, why don't we talk about that a little bit? What, what was your impression of AA when you were first starting out? And where did you start out? And just go through all that kind of stuff. Uh, when it was a very small group, we only had a nooner group at the time, and there were probably active members. There were probably um, maybe maybe 40 people, and at any given time you'd have 10 or 12 people at a meeting. And it was uh, had been started by the church secretary, and um, a couple of the original members were atheist agnostic, and some of the major players when I came into AA, um, they were the ones with all the sobriety. Uh, Helen with 43 years and Charles with over 40 years. And they were pretty much militant atheist. And we were a very liberal group. And it was um, a group that would allow you to uh, do whatever it took to stay sober. There were no rules. There was no finger pointing. Um, it was great. It was truly a, uh, a labor of love for them. Uh, at my first step meeting, there were a number of people who, who begged me to go to the hospital. Uh, I refused because I was afraid of being locked up. I'd escaped once and I wasn't going back. And so um, these people were extremely kind to me. And there were people that their higher powers were trees and they were Wiccans. And, and uh, you know, there was just an incredible variety of people along with the atheists and agnostics, but it was full of free thinkers. And it was uh, definitely carried what I taught, what I thought, uh, what I was taught the program was, and that was the message of love and hope. Yeah. My first meeting was at the downtown Nooners group, which was a mixed group, men and women. And it was a very loving, tolerant group as well. And I felt totally accepted from day one there. And nobody was telling me what I needed to do or had to do. But I ended up finding myself at a men's group where people found, you know, were kind of like um, hooked up with these drill sergeant type sponsors and to pray, um, not to take antidepressants, um, that we had to read the big book repeatedly, you know, underlining it, highlighting it and all that kind of stuff. So that was my experience with AA for like 25 years. And now I'm kind of like Rip Van Winkle waking up and realizing that was a, it's a whole new world. Absolutely. So interesting, too, that you note that it was the people with the long-term sobriety back then that really weren't that particularly dogmatic about the program or very religious, per se. You say most of them were like agnostic or atheist. And Correct. Yeah. We talk about, uh, you know, they've been sober for a long time. They've had a great life. They're very happy. It was obvious that they were happy. And a lot of them had never really worked the, formally worked the steps, even. Okay. And I guess probably, what I, from what I understand, around the time that we were getting at the program, I came in in 88, and around that time, probably in Kansas City is when it started picking up here, is the kind of back-to-basics thing where groups like the one I was going to started really you know, preaching the big book and stuff. Funny you should use the word creeping, because <laughs> I call it creeping religiosity and um, creeping fundamentalism, uh, creeping rigidity. And I noticed it about 
15 years ago because throughout the 25 years, I've continued to go to meetings. Um, very early on, it was two a day or one a day for the first couple of years because my withdrawal was so severe and I, my craving to drink was so severe. Uh, but of course, as I got in, uh, got back in life and got a job, a, a real job and my life back through the graces of AA, I um, started noticing that the meetings were becoming more rigid, more um, um, finger pointing, mm-hmm. more those are the steps, you have to work them or you'll die. Mm-hmm. The steps are in order for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, if you criticize the steps um, or question the steps even, you were ostracized, uh, you were cross-talked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed that the other people with 20, 30, you know, 35, 25 years, they weren't doing that. Um, it, it was people with uh, less time that were taking everything very literal. And there was a helpless without God. Mm-hmm that made me very nervous, uh, meetings that, uh, uh, instead of being a blueprint for living, uh, it was a more of a, you do it our way. And this is the only way to do it. Yeah. And it's interesting, um, that AA, um, the population of AA has pretty much stagnated or since that time. And, and, and it might even be dropping and you and I have talked, just by um, observation, and you know, this, this isn't scientific at all. But it seems to me, and you know, the group that I went to, um, they don't have as many meetings as they used to have. They don't have as many first step meetings as they used to have. Um, and I know that a lot of the groups that used to meet at that time, that were pretty, you know, sizable groups, either don't exist or are just barely hanging on now. Yes. So, um, you know, I don't know. It could be a, it could be an effect of this change. Um, it might just be just, you know, that we've just, that our society is different than what it used to be. I don't know. But um, something's up. I've seen the same trend, absolutely, just by unscientifically looking around. Because I used to go to a lot of meetings around the city. And there were such large groups in so many parts of the city. And they've, they've shrunk yeah. down to some of them almost nothing. And um, this greatly concerns me in AA. Mm. Um, AA saved my life. Uh, I'm a great believer in AA and a great believer in the cause of AA. And I think it saved millions and millions of lives. And I want to see it continue to be the major social movement in the 21st century that it was in the 20th century. Having said that, I think that we need to change with the times. And I'm seeing today that we're worshiping the big book written in 1939. We're worshiping the 12 and 12. We're making uh, uh, Dr. Bob and and Bill uh, virtually prophets and that the the steps are divinely inspired. And I don't buy any of that. Um, This is about one drunk helping another. And your concept of your higher of a higher power, or if you don't have any concept of a higher power, is your business. Um, the big book, unfortunately, it continues to slide in as you read it. The more the, the more closely I read it, the more I realized the Judeo-Christian principle of original sin. Mm-hmm. 
you were born a defective alcoholic, your best thinking got you here, you don't know anything, sit down, shut up. The only way to get better is by working the steps and doing what I tell you to. Yeah. And I absolutely do not believe that. Me either. And I can't tolerate it anymore. I, I did for a long time. And I don't, I don't know what it is about my personality that would allow me to um, subject myself to that type of thing. But I did. I just fell in line. And um, so for me, we'll talk about free thinking a little bit. Because I, you know, I never really understood free thinking. But I think I'm probably doing some of that now. Because um, I, I no longer think... Um, I don't do the group think anymore. I, I don't. I don't believe just what the the majority of the people believe. Um, you know, I stopped believing in God, and and I started speaking about that, not directly, but but talking about the steps more secularly at my group. And I was kind of subtly put in my place. And this is why, because I saw my fellows who were atheists and agnostics, uh, I saw the. Now, once again, this is 25 years ago. My my sponsor was a militant atheist. And I had a woman sponsor because I'd asked three guys in the group to sponsor me. And, and they declined because I was <laughs> I was a bad case. Yeah. And uh, she was brave enough to take me on. And I'm forever grateful to Patricia M. for that. Um, and she, I saw some of the, some of the snipes at her, even back then from people from other groups that how can you be sober? How can you say you're an AA and be an atheist? And, uh, she always had a rebuttal for them. So I always had a healthy respect for the atheist and the agnostic in AA. And I was disenchanted with the way they were being treated. And I've seen that treatment get worse and worse. And the condescending attitude of uh, the chapter uh, we agnostics uh, I think is um, abhorrent um, I cringe when I hear it read uh, I don't believe in the rituals that we've created the readings and all the things that we do before and after a meeting I, I just uh, I, I, that's not the AA that I remember so I wanted to start a meeting in Kansas City uh, that would allow free thinking and it would welcome the atheist, the agnostic, the believer, yeah. and the non-believer yeah. in the form of free thinking. And the free thinking for me encompasses using other resources outside of what's approved by the central office. Yeah. There's been a lot of wonderful things and discoveries since 1939. Why would we limit ourselves to just those texts and materials? Yeah. So I wanted a group that could discuss things that were on that were not um, anti-intellectual mm-hmm. uh, there's intellectualism that goes with a maturity in AA that goes with the free will in AA mm-hmm. that I saw diminishing and I wanted to see a group that would embrace that and rekindle that and the amazing thing is is that I went through a period um for about five years where I dreaded going to AA meetings. Mm-hmm. And I never experienced that in my life. I, I had to make myself go. And I would leave the meeting feeling worse than when I went, mm-hmm. uh, than, I, than when I showed up. And and this is because you were always, this is where your personality is a little bit different than mine. I, I kind of fell in line, but you're never the type of person that just falls in line. No. <laughs> I was always controversial, and I was always the one saying, you don't have to work the steps in order. And... Uh, 
let's rewrite the sixth and seventh step. And people didn't like it. <laughs> and people let me know. Right. And Especially the more rigid they got. The, the, and the, 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 finally, mm. when the, the, the group of villagers showed up with torches and pitchforks is when I decided to start a new group. And now I'm looking forward to going to meetings again. Yeah. The exchange with the new people I've met the lack of group think, yeah. group speak, parroting, the uh, disdain for intellectualism. I don't see that at the agnostic groups or the free thinking groups. I see people who, um, with very long-term sobriety, who are looking for uh, the warm, fuzzy feeling that they got however many years ago. And once again, when the, when the message of the program was strictly love and hope. Yeah. Yeah, I love our meetings, um, and I feel the very same way. I guess, you know, um, I, I went to, um, not too long ago, a few months ago, I went to one of the more, um, you know, big book worshiping groups. I mean, this, this group, I mean, they, they worship the big book. And, you know, um, I guess if that keeps them sober, that's okay. I mean, that's group autonomy. Um, but there's got to be room for us, too. And what I what what concerns me is I don't know if the rest of the fellowship really understands what the free thinker, the agnostic, or the atheist goes through in the rooms of AA, uh, and why there's a need for these groups. And I really hope that we can educate the rest of the fellowship that you know you're hurting people. You know you're you might be killing people. You know young people that come in here that aren't as religious as they were in 1950 or whatever. You know they're coming in and, and some of them don't even come to A to begin with because they look on the internet and they already see that it's a cult. And they don't even try. You know that's that's what I notice is a lot of new, young people say, "Wow, I didn't even know these types of groups existed in A. I never would have come." You know, so. Well, I, I see so much on social media. Um, and the web accusing A of being a cult and unfortunately I'm having a hard time defending that uh, 20 years ago there was no question that it wasn't nowadays I don't know uh, but I do know that this should be AA should always be the big tent approach and that everyone is welcome and I respect the believer the fundamentalist Christian that comes in and has Jesus Christ as his higher power and says so, that is absolutely his right. It's it's my my duty to sit and listen quietly and see what I can learn from that. Yeah. But in also in that same vein, they need to allow me to work to, to, to respect my program. That I've been AA has given me a life back. I have a prosperous life due to the prosperity that AA has given me and I love that and I want to pass that along and those who will not bend on the ritual who will not consider new ideas you know that's 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 a contempt prior to investigation and that's the hallmark of a feeble mind, and I don't want any part of it. Uh, I don't want everyone to agree with me in AA. I just don't want someone shouting me down. Exactly. That's 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 the thing. Um, and I've realized this also that you know in the beginning I thought it was all about religion for me because that's when that's what really freed my thinking was when I when I rejected the God idea, it freed my thinking. 
But I, when I first went into it, I thought that the whole problem was religion. And that is part of it. But the real problem is the dogma. It's that everyone must do it this way. And if you're not doing it this way, as it was written in 1939, then you're not doing it right, and you're probably going to die drunk. That's the type of thing that I think is dangerous and that, 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 we, that I would like to see change in AA. And, I, and I, again, I want to say, too, I love it, too. I, I'm not, you know, I will criticize AA, but I do so out of love because I wanted it to be around, you know. Absolutely. And, you know, and it's been a wonderful experience. And it still is a good experience because it's it's a good, strong group that does a lot of good things for a lot of people. And a lot of people are staying sober at my home group. Um, however, I also need to expand my horizons to, to keep fresh in AA and to continue to grow and have new ideas. And this is why I'm so excited about these new groups. Um, I am concerned about the newcomer that comes in and hears the the dogma and the uh, the um, you're helpless without God. Um, there's a magical being out there that's going to take all your character defects away or fill in the blank. All the things that I hear that just simply I don't feel are true. Um, the liberalism that's been lost with uh, the loss of acceptance. And once again, I see that has crept in and continues to grow. And I don't think it's just in Kansas City. I think it's a nationwide thing. And, you know, we're, it appears to me that we're losing the war on drugs and alcohol. But we must, we must get past the, the archaic ideas of um, you, if you're duly addicted, you don't belong in an AA meeting. Um, if you have problems other than alcohol, you shouldn't seek a therapist or a professional. Um, you know, we, we must see that, uh, that there's other ways, that there's new things that have been developed that we can pursue and that we can encourage others and continue to help. But science is our friend, um, not the enemy. And you can be spiritual and be scientific at the same time. And that's the, the group that I'm hoping for is one that is a big tent. And if someone wants to come in and be fundamental, that's fine. But more and more of the AA is the only way. We know that's not true. There's some other right. good programs Absolutely. out there. I've known a number of people who've gotten uh, uh, completely sober and are happy with out AA, they've done it through religion. And even at the outset, AA said they're not the only way. They don't have that. And it says that in yeah. the book, more yeah. shall be revealed. I'm ready to embrace the more shall be revealed. Yeah. For me, that's the definition of free thinking. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, well, you're preaching to the choir, I guess. But I absolutely agree with all of that. So... Um, Let's talk about our groups. Let's talk about let's talk about your group. The group uh, Freethinkers in AA Kansas City. Uh, we currently are just meeting twice a week. Um, it started uh, the 14th of September. We've had very good attendance um, with some different people from different parts of the city, and I'm finding it fascinating that people are sharing in a gut level experience because they feel like they are in a safe environment mm -hmm. and you don't have to be a militant atheist to come in but that's okay if you are yeah 
And if you want to talk about that, that's okay. <laughs> and if you hate the steps, that's okay. But if you love the steps and you want to talk about that, that's, that's okay. okay. Yeah. And I'm seeing young people who are just in the program that were scared to death that it was going to be religious and that all the bad things they've read on social media and the web, which I do not agree with, right. that, they, that, that, that they find now that it's not true. And then I also see a group of people who are long-term sobriety, yeah, yeah. 27 years, uh, 25 years, 20 years. Uh, last uh, week we had a woman with 43 years. Yeah. The other woman had 30-some-odd years. Um, all of this sobriety that's coming in that are in the same spot that I am, they've gotten stale in AA, and they're disenchanted with the direction AA, most AA has taken. So they're looking for something new and exciting, and we're finding the topics to be new and exciting. The mm-hmm. topics are different. Mm-hmm. Uh, the topics are not rigid. Mm-hmm. There is no formality. There's no ritual. Uh, we get right down to the meeting, and uh, we don't. Uh, we're, we're not a slave to re- reading how it works and the promises and the traditions and spending thirty minutes doing that. Um, and I'm finding people excited. I'm finding people who haven't been able to stay sober that are putting some time together. You know, I like to, I like to tell people, if you've got a problem with the God thing and you've never been able to stay sober, now you have no excuse. Yeah. Because you have two different groups in Kansas City that you can go to. That's right. And that problem for you, quote unquote, has been, re- has been relieved. Yeah. And I bet you, I, I really believe that these groups are going to take off. Um, we're fortunate in Kansas City. I mean, our central office does support us. They follow the traditions. Yes, they um, do. They support us. They're Absolutely. good. And they're going to be mailing out flyers for your group here pretty soon and probably going out now, actually. Um, there's going to be like over 400. They go out to all the different AA groups. They go out to treatment centers and everything. And that does a really great job of getting the word out. And you're going to start seeing more and more people show up. Uh, more people will be finding you on the internet. It's just incredible. Um, you know, it, it'll be fun to watch, and and more meetings will be added. I, I can see more groups starting. Yes, absolutely, and that's what we're shooting for. Because, you know, to put it in dramatic terms, if the newcomer is put off by the God talk, the ritual, the re- religiosity, they need a place to go, and. If they're alcoholic like I am, like I was when I was practicing, then this is a matter of life and death. So it's important that these people are not run off from AA and that uh, their criticisms of it are not valid, that there are groups that embrace the big tent policy and that uh, we can help save lives. Well, that's it for today. We hope you join us again next week, hopefully, for another episode of AA Beyond Belief, the podcast. Thank you.